Thank you, Marion, for your honesty and sharing with us something of how you've known God's presence in the midst of uh, life's challenges. And as we look at the life of Mary this morning, uh, we are going to, uh, so much we could look at is uh, we're going to look at how uh, to respond when life serves up a curveball, when things turn out, don't turn out the way that we expect. Um, but before I uh, launch into my sermon, how about we give the kids a hand? I think they've been amazing this morning. Uh, let's, uh, let's give the kids a hand. And not only this morning, but the last couple of three weeks, so it's been uh, just an honour to have them as part of our service and also the way they've been uh, just participating. And uh, I've, my part of uh, acknowledging the children this morning is to keep what I have to say fairly tight, and probably you won't mind that either. So <laughs> let's pray as I, as I come to share this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the God of grace, that you are the God who is with us in the hard times and the good times. And Lord, as we look at the life of Mary, we ask, Father, that uh, we will take away something which will enable us uh, to face maybe what we are going through, to be prepared should life serve up a, serve, a curve ball. And Lord, that we will uh, hear something from you this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The idea of a curved ball is something which, uh, if you look up the definition, is related to baseball. A ball is supposed to come straight to you and it'll curve and drop at the last minute and make it almost impossible or not impossible, depending how good of a player you are, to, to hit the ball. I guess in a lot of sports you get the same thing in cricket. You get all sorts, you can swing the ball, you can do all sorts of things. To do the unexpected that throws the batsman usually in some shape or form uh, off so that it makes it hard for them to handle what's happening. And life does that to us in many uh, different ways. Life doesn't always turn out the way that we expected. Many of you will be aware that at the age of 56, my wife was given three months to live. Curved ball. We thought we had another 30 or 40 years, dreams and plans, future retirement, doing some things, whatever uh, God had called us to. Suddenly, without any warning, we find out that that was the case. She ended up having another 12 months, um, but she is no longer with us, my first wife, Lynn. Other curve balls in the workplace, where suddenly, where you thought things were going well, suddenly you have uh, issues or concerns, or suddenly things are not going as you expected, and uh, you may need to f feel that you need to move on from where you are. Something that you thought may be a long-term employment, changes, suddenly. Maybe with your kids, maybe you've brought up your kids uh, in the Christian faith and for some reason they make a choice to walk away from faith. Maybe they, I spoke with a friend uh, who I caught up with after 10 years and he just said how his daughter who had been a youth leader in the church has suddenly walked away from her faith, eloped and went off and got married and has cut off the family. A curve ball for those parents. A curved ball wondering, what is God doing? Where is God in the midst uh, of these things? There's also curved balls where things that you thought uh, God's word said, things that uh, promises that you thought uh, should be happening now uh, in life circumstances don't seem to add up with God's promises. A curved ball. And enter into the life of Mary, 
the promises of God to her. And this morning, as we uh, look at the life of Mary for a few moments, we're going to look at how she handled the curveballs that came uh, her way. We're not looking at um, the elevated view of Mary um, that the, uh, in the extreme the Catholic tradition would hold to, that she's the mother of God, she was a virgin before, during and after the birth of Jesus, that Mary was conceived without original sin, that Mary had taken uh, body, was taken body and soul into heaven and that Mary plays a unique role in our redemption. We're not looking at any elevated view of Mary, which we may, uh, we're not even going to discuss those issues um, uh, this morning, except to say that we're going to look at Mary as a mother, as a woman, who was indeed someone incredibly blessed, but she had some curved balls that would have caused her to question what God was doing. I'm going to read for a, a few verses from Luke chapter 1, where the incredible promises that God uh, gave her um, are expressed. Um, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, and it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Keep, the, keep those words in your mind as a promise that God had given her. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel went on to say, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Keep those words in your mind as you think of the life of Mary. How will this be, Mary asked, and the angel, uh, uh, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One... Uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who uh, was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for, for no word from God will ever fail. And here's Mary's response. She said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary had these incredible promises. She was going to be the mother of the Messiah that had been promised and looked for for 14 generations throughout the Jewish uh, people as they waited for the Messiah. She had promises um, regarding uh, th that he would be the, uh, the ruler, the eternal king who would uh, be the saviour uh, of all men. And yet Mary, as we look at her life, as you think that maybe as the mother of uh, the saviour of the world, the Messiah who was promised, you would think that uh, God would do something that other than as possibly, as some people suggest, as young as 12 or 13, as an engaged woman, not yet married, uh, she is with child carrying the Messiah. I would like to suggest to you that's a curved ball. She's suddenly pregnant in this way and uh, by the power of God. But God had told her all these things about um, being blessed and being someone who uh, would uh, be the mother of the Messiah. 
And the Jewish people had already had many curveballs through their history. God had promised to Abraham that he would make him a father of many generations. He had one son, uh, Isaac, of his own, um, and uh, he was told to sacrifice him, all sorts of crazy things that would contradict or seem to contradict what God had promised. But let's look very quickly for a few moments at the curveballs that Mary faced in her life and then we'll uh, hear how she handled those curveballs. I've mentioned the one that as the mother of the Messiah, she was uh, pregnant as an engaged woman, which would have been a scandal in the community, a scandal in... In, in, in her uh, family, uh, probably, with different ones who would have questioned what was going on. How was she pregnant? What has happened here? And here she is, hanging on to the promises of God and has said that she would do whatever God had uh, called her uh, to do. The cur- second curveball uh, with the paternity uh, rumours regarding uh, the, the, the conception of the child she was carrying in the genealogy that is written in Matthew uh, chapter 1 in verse 36 remind those who are reading that Joseph was the husband of Mary but not the biological father of Jesus. It's very clear in that genealogy. The very fact that there were women in the genealogy of Jesus was a curveball for the Jewish people. They thought only men could be uh, the uh, descendants uh, of the Messiah. These different things that were realities of life that seemed to contradict what they had become convinced of as the way God uh, would work. And uh, Jesus was, in effect, in the eyes of the Jewish, uh, conservative Jewish people, that she was uh, having a child uh, in a forbidden uh, relationship. Curveball number three, the mother of the uh, Messiah, uh, is, was probably a widow at some point in her life. Tradition has it that she was widowed probably soon after Jesus was uh, 12 years old. I'm not sure where that tradition developed, um, but either way, um, another curved ball in her life. Joseph wasn't there at the cross when uh, Jesus hung on the cross and he spoke to John. He uh, told, her, uh, told him to take Mary into his family and to care for her. It seems that Joseph was no longer around. The mother of the Messiah, a widow. Where are you, God? What are you doing? I'm the mother of the Messiah. Cur- hardest curveball of all. The mother of the Messiah is there at the cross when Jesus, she knows he's the son of God. She knows he's the king of Israel, the rightful king of Israel. She knows he's the eternal king of God's people. But she watches him be nailed to a cross and be mocked and scorned. And it would seem uh, as Jesus is uh, put in the tomb for three days, as a mother, she must have wondered uh, what God was doing. Remember Simon, when they went to the temple, um, uh, he had said uh, um, in a prophetic word, he said, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end And then he went on to to say how her heart would be pierced. She knew that right from the beginning, that as the mother of the Messiah, her heart uh, would be pierced. 
But how did Mary handle these curveballs? Pregnant, before she was married, probably a widow, uh, probably widowed, um, watching her son uh, die on the cross, and there would have been many other situations in life she would have been wondering uh, what God was doing. For a moment, before I talk about how Mary handled these things, you might like to think of the curve balls that God has brought into your life. The things where you've questioned and saying, where are you, God? What are you doing? What's happening? Because I didn't expect life to be like this. Marion shared her story. Perfect marriage in the eyes of the church, but things happening that were totally not right. A curve ball. And Mary's curveballs were up there with the biggest that anybody uh, could face. You may have curveballs in church experiences, a pastor, moral failure, and you wonder, well, where did that come from? I didn't expect that he or she would do something like that. Maybe the way the church treats you, maybe different things that have happened that you least expect, a curveball. Maybe God's promises. We sing uh, that song which we've sung this morning. All your promises are yes, a, yes and amen. We are promised healing in, in just to use an example, that is uh, in, uh, in, the, in the redemption that God has given us. And yes, some experience that. But if you take that, that everything has got to be healed straight away, <clears throat> it's going to be a curve ball when for some reason you don't experience healing. And we need to wrestle with what God is saying. And we'll see in a moment how Mary would have handled that kind of curve ball. Things you believe that uh, maybe you realize God's word, you've misunderstood what God's word has said. And it becomes a curve ball in your faith as you wonder what God was doing. Things that I thought I had everything sorted out at about 21, had all the doctrines I thought I believed as a Christian, how God would do things, what I thought about whether uh, about marriage and divorce and all those things and whether I'd do weddings as a pastor for divorced people. I had it all sorted uh, when I was 21, but then I realized that God's word was saying things uh, that I'd missed and that I'd been very simplistic and legalistic in the way I was looking uh, at some of, these, some of these issues. But I want to finish by saying uh, that the way... Mary handled these curved balls. First and foremost, she valued and treasured God's word. Right from the start, when the angel spoke to her, she valued and uh, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And as she valued God's word, valued God's promises, she didn't blindly just take a simplistic approach to what they were saying. The word pondered, I looked up what that means. She pondered them in her heart. To ponder something is to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision and reaching a conclusion. It's to consider and contemplate and deliberate and evaluate and examine, to mull over and, and to puzzle over um, and to reflect and speculate and weigh up what's being said. It's not a simplistic reading without any deep thought and reflection, wrestling with what the realities of life are, wrestling with the reality of what this particular passage in God's Word is saying, wrestling with uh, 
what other passages in God's, word, in God's Word are saying and mulling over and bringing it all together as we wrestle with what uh, God is saying to us. And Mary did that as God had given her promises. She pondered and mulled over and reflected deeply about what God was saying. And I'm sure with each of these curved balls that Mary experienced, she too would have uh, begun to re-ponder again what was God really saying when the angel appeared to me. But also we see in Mary that she remained faithful and obedient to God. She named her child Jesus. She remained uh, faithful to Joseph. She did the things that any mother would do despite the circumstances that she was in, in being obedient uh, to God. In Luke 1.38 it said, Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant, I'm willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. Obviously, she didn't fully realise what she was saying when she uh, responded to the angel. But then in the midst of life's circumstances, she continued uh, to be faithful and obedient to God. And she was willing to suffer the consequences of obedience. And I think that's a challenge for us as God's people, that as we know what God calls us to, as we know what God's word says, that we will be willing in the midst of the curveballs of life, that we don't just throw in the towel and give up easily, but that we seek to remain faithful and to suffer even at times the consequences of obedience to God's word. Mary was a refugee in Egypt, a widow, uh, a son vilified and mocked by religious leaders, finally watched him crucified. She remained obedient and suffered, if you like, greatly because she was faithful in what God had called her to. So I leave you all with the challenge this morning that whatever curveballs they are, however minor, sometimes I have a minor curveball, I've lent, I want to do a job and I'm all geared up to do it and I realise my son-in-laws have my tools that I wanted and the day's blown and I have to rethink my day. Minor curveball. There's the big curveballs of life where the big things happen, the loss of a partner, a marriage breakdown, whatever it may be, a job situation, a family situation, here's those four things that I leave with you. I encourage you to be prepared for life's curveballs and also to face them and to work through them, is to treasure and still can treasure and value God's word, not in a simplistic, simplistic way without wrestling with what it might be saying, Ponder, question, rest in the truth even if it is hard to understand. Remain obedient and again, as we've been saying with Mary, be willing to suffer the consequences of obedience because we live for an eternal. Jesus, for the joy set before him, suffered greatly in his life. So too, as we, for the joy of eternity with God, we are willing to be, uh, if you like, faithful servants who live in obedience and allow uh, God to do what he wants to do in our lives and then remain, remember that he is faithful in the midst of whatever happens. So whatever curveball comes your way, remember those four things. Treasure God's word, ponder God's word, ponder what he's saying, remain obedient and be willing to suffer the consequences for what happens in your life. I'd like the band to come as we, as we finish this morning. Maybe you're facing things in your life that you just don't know how to handle this morning. As we sing our final song, there'll be people at the front here uh, who are happy uh, to uh, pray with you, whatever you're facing, that you can just ask in some way for God uh, to make his presence real to you 
and also to guide you and give you strength to face the curveballs that life may be serving up. So let's stand and I hand back um, to Lauren as we finish the service. And if you'd like prayer, then feel free uh, to come as we sing this final song. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app. 